0: Thank you for taking the time to view this message online you can connect with us more through our comments section of this video through our facebook page or through our website nhgj.org this message is continuing our series in the book of revelation and we see revelation as consistent with the whole of scripture Uh, this is in contrast to this approach where we might take current world events and then we search through the book of Revelation to find correlations or a place to plug in our current events and overlay it on the book of Revelation. Instead, we recognize that God speaks through His Word uh, consistently, and Revelation isn't some obscure book of images. There are a lot of images, there's a lot of symbolism, but it's not way out and, and disconnected from the whole of Scripture. And the value of reading it consistent with Scripture is that it helps us make connections that are much more grand, much more broad than just overlaying our current events onto the book of Revelation. Uh, It helps us to see the the wide-sweeping plan of redemption that God has. and It helps us to, to see throughout the Bible and how God has spoken throughout the ages His redemptive purposes. And so today we're going to see a real vivid example of why we read Revelation in the whole of Scripture, and uh, this is out of Revelation 13. In fact, there's one Scripture in particular, one verse, that gets used over and over uh, in modern time, and uh, it, it's this verse, Revelation 13, 18. It says, "'Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for, uh, for it is the number of a man.'" that number is 666. Now, if we use the Bible code method uh, that people have used throughout, um, especially in modern time, but they've used it throughout the years, uh, we might come to this idea that the beast in Revelation is, here's some examples, Ronald Wilson Reagan. Yep, in the 1980s, Uh, there was a whole group of people who were convinced that because there were six letters in each of his name, Ronald Wilson Reagan, that he must have been the Antichrist. He was the beast. And so if you joined that group, um, you know, that that's where you would have been with him. Uh, There were some who thought that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Barney, uh, either one of them, Uh, were the beast, and they had their calculation that figured out that they fit into, that those characters fit into uh, the number of the beast, 666. I'm convinced that's probably parents of toddlers who were thinking that it was the Ninja Turtles or Barney. Um, Of course, in our country, in the United States, uh, choose any political figure uh, that you disagree with. And they are the favorites for pegging as the Antichrist. So depending on your political bent, uh, if you disagree with somebody, you can probably find a way to fit their name or the number of their presidency into the numbers 666 or 666. Uh, When introduced, um, the the mark of the beast, a number... Uh, Another issue that comes up in this passage we're going to read in this message, um, barcodes were seen as a mark of the beast. So uh, you could look on barcodes and wherever 666 came together, that meant that they were going to use barcodes and they were going to scan you and then scan to see if you could use merchandise. So there was great fear when barcodes were introduced and the scanning of barcodes into grocery stores, as you can imagine. Uh, Social security cards have long been a source of concern For some, in the United States uh, you're issued a Social Security number at birth and so people have very much been concerned over the years that they're taking the mark of the beast by accepting a Social Security card. And of course our current uh, environment is Uh, if you get vaccinated for COVID, you're getting the mark of the beast and somehow they're injecting DNA altering formula or they're injecting one of Bill Gates' microchips into your system. And um, so that's part of it. Uh, The COVID immunization record is lumped in there about buying and selling. And so I'm sure if we give it enough time, someone will have the mathematical equation that will turn the CDC or the World Health Organization or COVID itself into a uh, numerical calculation that gives us the number 666. Uh, you see a smile on my face because it, it just doesn't end. The, the, the way that people approach this, um, you know, there's so many reasons that, put, uh, that people have put these different events Uh, forward. And one of the reasons is because people feel uneasy about uncertainty. We all do. Nobody likes to have uncertainty. And so this area in particular, uh, it draws people in to try to fix it or make it make sense. And so that they know they don't want to get duped. They don't want to somehow miss it. They don't want to accidentally uh, start serving the beast or take the mark of the beast upon themselves. And so this is oftentimes a tactic or an approach that is used around Scripture that scares people into activity or non-activity. It's a method that uh, can be manipulative towards people around Scripture that that moves them one way or the other. and so it's somehow, you know, that this is going to happen. And, and if I don't have the answers, I'm going to do something I shouldn't do. Another one is that when people feel like they have the answers and Scripture talks about this. This isn't just my, uh, you know, bent on it, uh, that people profit off of Scripture. Um, you know, it's been true all throughout the ages. People profited off of religion and even biblical text. And so if they can write a book, if they can uh, get YouTube followers and likes and all of that, uh, then they will use things like this as a platform. And so they'll pos- hypothesize ideas um, about who the beast might be. Uh, they'll create the enemy and and, uh, and then sell lots of books or get YouTube videos out there and and it gets attention, uh, attention to it. So there's a, a lot of Uh, reasons that people put this forward. And, you know, in all honesty, people can use all kinds of fuzzy fuzzy math equations, adding this, subtracting that, multiply it by the square square root of something else, and then they get to the 666 uh, number. So when you're targeting just 666 as your formula, then people will find ways to to get there. On a more serious note, uh, when we think about the Antichrist, and who it could have been in historical terms, early Christians had an eye towards the Roman Empire and the Roman emperors with an emphasis on Nero. Many early Christians thought that Nero was going to be this beast who had this mortal wound who resurrected. And we'll get there in a bit when we read Revelation 13. Uh, But so, so that was their thinking around that. They thought he would reappear and start terrorizing Christians once again. In latter years of the church history, uh, some had the idea that the Pope was the Antichrist. Or others, if you're on the opposite side of the Reformation, some thought Martin Luther was the Antichrist. Uh, It's interesting, isn't it? It's whoever, whichever side you're on, you think the other is probably the Antichrist. Uh, In the 1900s, there were many Antichrists who appeared and who would fit this imagery. Uh, You had Mao, you had Stalin, you had Pol Pot. And, of course, one of the most commonly referenced and thought to be uh, Antichrist, who would be the beast uh, was Hitler, uh, one of the most popular images within our history of the beast, and especially because he targeted uh, the Jewish people. So the reason that there's many who get put out there who this could be the antichrist is, uh, uh, you know, There's all the silliness and nonsense is what I call it that goes on about COVID vaccines and different things. That's just um, people getting off on tangents. Uh, but when we think about true antichrists and um, the, the devastation that they've caused, the murder, the terror that they've caused in the world, um, there's reasons that different ones have been presented in that way. And 1 John 2.18 gives us insight to this. He says, Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. So we tend to think in Revelation and just that passage that we looked at, we think of one Antichrist who will give the mark of the beast and Uh, and it will be the culmination of the end prior to Jesus' coming. The reality is, is that there have been many antichrists, and there will be more until Jesus comes. And those who are in the antithesis of the kingdom of God or the antithesis of Christ himself. And these are uh, men and women who have been used in very destructive ways, and the power behind them is the Satan, is... Uh, the enemy of our souls. And he's the one that fuels that fire that causes destruction and chaos upon the earth. So again, there's many antichrists, but as we'll see in Revelation 13, there will come the antichrist, the final one, and the culmination of the history of uh, mankind as we know it upon the earth until Christ's return. And so we'll look at that Revelation 13 is our passage today, the the whole chapter, and then we'll go into the first part of chapter 14 as well. Let's pray, and then uh, at the end of our time together, we'll also receive communion today. Lord, thank you for your word that it gives such clarity, and uh, thank you that uh, as followers of Christ, we are reminded that the book of Revelation is not a revelation of end-time events. It is a revelation of who you are that as we read it, we are blessed. And as we hear it, we are blessed because we get to see more of you and we get to understand more of who you are and what you're going to accomplish. So I pray that you would fix our gaze upon you, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and that you would strengthen us and encourage us. And instead of us having a, uh, a bent towards looking at the destruction of the world, God, that we would have a... A inclination, that we would move closer towards this idea that your whole restoration of the kingdom in all of its fullness is what we're truly anticipating. And we thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. Revelation 13, beginning in verse 1, and I'm reading from the NIV translation. And I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads, with ten crowns on its horns. And on each head, a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can wage war against it? The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All those whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Whoever has ears, let them hear. If anyone has to go into captivity, into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword they will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on part of God's people. Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercised all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose fatal wound had been healed. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. Because of the signs it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. The number is 666. All right, so let me pause to make a couple points. And remember, our focus is on this idea of worship. So there's a lot of worship that's already being put forward here, and it's worship of the beast. Uh, and so we're looking through this lens. There's a lot of imagery. Uh, there's uh, the, the beast that's coming out of the sea. There's the beast that's on the, on the land that looks like a lamb but speaks like a dragon. Um, there's authority that's giving to these um, these beasts, the one in the sea, the one on the land, and it's, the authority is given by the dragon. So all the while, our, our, our idea, the, the big picture we're supposed to see is all of these things that, that pop up, these, uh, this, this great beast of the sea, this beast on the land, uh, who is a, a lamb with horns, um, you know, these signs and wonders, all of this happens. Because in the background, you have the dragon who is giving it authority, who is giving it power. And so there is this alternate to the power of God, this counter to God's power. And so there's this activity that's taking place, signs and wonders. Uh, There's reasons that people are drawn to these uh, beasts and worshiping them. Uh, it has power to kill those who refuse to worship. So there's the threat, right? So uh, we're going to see a contrast to this as we look at the first part of chapter 14, where the, the beast has this power and it uses the power to kill people who won't worship it. The contrast to that is that those who worship the lamb are given eternal life, right? This, this stark uh, contrast between punishment of death if you don't worship or the giving of life when you do worship, when you worship the Lamb of God. Uh, it has power to do signs and wonders, these beasts. And uh, there, there's blasph- uh, blasphemous names written on it. And so it's it's casting out all kinds of uh, uh, names that it's speaking out against God, against God's people. Uh, it has control of all commerce. And you have to take the mark in order to participate in commerce. So a lot of activity is happening. And, and it really gives this image of the domain of this earth. At this point is the domain of the beasts and the dragon. And it has authority over what happens in people's lives. And if you don't participate, then you are killed. And, and it finishes uh, in, in verse 10. It, it, it kind of wraps up the first image of the first beast this way. It says, Uh, This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on part of God's people. You know, I think that speaks to all the ages of the church. It speaks to now that there needs to be patient endurance and faithfulness on behalf of God's people. There's a lot of activity that goes on. And in the the final day when these final uh, antichrists are upon the earth and and they're present, uh, you know, the, the way we're going to know it's the final one is that when... Christ returns. That's what's going to give us this insight. You know, everybody's decoding and trying to figure out this, the 666. Well, here, here's the instruction to God's people in this. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. Why? Because there is power, there is real authority that the enemy holds. And he wages it, he uses it to wage war against God and against his people on the earth. He uses it to accumulate, to aggregate authority and power on the earth. And, and so I'm always amazed, I'm surprised when, when people can't understand why the, the earth isn't moving closer, why the systems, why governments, why uh, the... the um, uh, the earth itself and, and the peoples of the earth aren't naturally inclined to move towards God. Well, the reason is because there's a power upon this earth. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes about that to the church in Ephesus. He says, listen, there are principalities and powers at work. We're not fooled. We don't look at people and call them the enemy. We know that they are just being used by the dragon behind the scenes. He is, the, the dragon is manipulating uh forces upon this earth. He's using power and authority. He's using signs and wonders upon this earth to accumulate power, to build up his name, to throw accusation against God and against his people. And so this is a a real vivid picture of this is what's happening, these beasts. Uh, The one in the sea, the one who um, is sometimes referred to in scripture as Leviathan, creates chaos in the sea. The other on the earth, behemoth, Right, another monster upon the earth, which creates chaos upon the earth. Together, disruption and chaos all over the earth, and their power is supplied by the dragon. So this really comes to the point where, what about the mark of the beast? Right, the fear that comes upon the con- great concern. I don't even have to call it fear, but just great concern. What's going to happen? Well, you know, this has happened throughout the ages. Uh, those who have followed Christ in other parts of the world and throughout time, have had to take a stand. There have been times where your brothers and sisters in Christ have been denied access to water, uh, the the well that's in town, and they have to travel miles to get uh, water uh, uh, just because they're Christians. They're not allowed access. There's others who have been killed in their communities because they're Christians, right? And, And so this has been going on. This is requires patient endurance, and it requires people to take a stand. So there's been these challenges since the beginning of our faith in Christ. Uh, that's, That's why Nero was burning Christians, using them to light his gardens, is because they would not renounce their faith. They would not turn away from Christ. They said, no, Jesus is Lord. And so they were killed because of their declaration of faith. And this points me to the first thing that I want to highlight, is that every follower of Jesus must count the cost because at some point he or she will have to pay it. They'll pay it with their reputation, their opportunities, or their personal happiness. The cost always leads us to choose Jesus or ourselves. Do you, do you notice that? It's, it's worship the beast or or, your li- or you lose your life. Worship the beast or you lose access to commerce. Listen, the beast isn't saying, worship me or worship Jesus. He's saying, worship me or you lose your life. And this is the pressure that comes to every Christian. Listen, following Jesus in the United States, I have not had to make the choice of Jesus or my life. But I have had to make the choice of Jesus or my reputation. I have had to make choices between Jesus or friends because friends who have said, we're not going that way with you as you follow Christ, we're going our own way. I've had to make choices in my career related to and, and uh, how, where I live and what I do based on my decisions in Christ versus just whatever I want to do. I've had to deny myself, take up my cross and follow Jesus. Again, not with the paying of my life as others have done, our faithful brothers and sisters who have died as martyrs for the sake of Christ and given their all for Him. <laughs> Praise God for those who have done that. But there is not a Christian, neither, there's not a, a single Christian I know that at some point won't have to make that choice of are they going to follow Jesus or are they going to choose themselves? And ultimately it comes to that. And we're given this picture here that the enemy, the dragon behind the beast is forcing Christians, forcing all people, including Christians to make that choice. Will you choose your own life or will you choose Christ? Will you choose to worship the beast or are you willing to experience death because of it? And this is the culmination of what it's coming to. This is really the way of the world. It's going to push you one way or the other. And can I just encourage us as followers of Jesus, right now in this environment that we're in, I I see far too many Christians getting pulled into the life of the beast. And what I mean by that is they're railing against um, the the restrictions. They're railing against the, the infringement of their personal rights. They're railing against all these things that you know, their constitutional Christianity or nationalistic Christianity. Listen, scripture gives us an alternate voice. You're going to have to choose to elevate the name of Jesus or your personal rights. Sometimes there comes this conflict of the both. And you have to say, listen, I'm, the most important thing to me is to pronounce uh, the, the resurrected Christ, to, to proclaim him in the gospel of Jesus. And it's too easy to get pulled into the life of the culture around us. Can we speak to political issues? Can we speak to the things? Absolutely. Yep, it's, it's a constitutional right. But please, 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 Christian, uh, don't let your constitutional voice be louder than your gospel voice. <laughs> and that's happening far too much. I, I hear too much of constitutional Christianity and not biblical Christianity. I hear far too many people getting immersed in the life of the beast and his domain versus the life of the church and the kingdom of God in his domain. They're not the same thing. Uh, constitution will go down. Nations will go down. Uh, authorities and principalities of this world will go down. Uh, you won't have rights based on a constitution in the kingdom of God. You have your life surrendered to Christ and that's it. And you have a life, the only debt uh, that you have. You live in total freedom in Christ, but the debt that you will always have is the debt to love others as God has loved you. And that will never get repaid. You'll continually be loving and forgiving and extending the kingdom of God upon this earth. So that's my encouragement out at first one. Some people are so afraid of taking the mark of the beast that they don't realize that they're already engaging in beastly activity, which is tearing down chaotic destruction, uh, uh, with their words, they're, they're speaking out and lashing out against people. They're, they're adding to the chaos. Listen, a gospel voice points towards deliverance and freedom. It points to Jesus and His kingdom. It recognizes, it doesn't celebrate it, but it recognizes the Constitution of the United States is a, foul, uh, a fallible and flawed document that will not sustain. And it will actually terrorize and cause harm in people's lives. And only Scripture and spirit and kingdom brings life to people. And so all of that is part of the kingdom of this world that diminishes and gains its power and authority through men versus what we're about to read in Revelation 14, which is the Lamb who gives life. Let's read. Revelation 14 verses 1 through 5 says, Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of rushing waters and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they remained virgins. They followed the lamb wherever he goes. They were purchased from among mankind and offered as firstfruits to God and the lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. Whoa, what a contrast, right? What a contrast to what we just read about Leviathan, the beast in, coming out of the waters, and Behemoth, the, the beast upon the land, who deceives and threatens God and calls down fire and signs and wonders and and an image that is given life and slays people who won't bow down to, to worship and stamps upon uh, people in a way that allows them to participate in commerce. But if they don't have it, they're killed and they're denied access to basic necessities. Right. And then we have this picture. It's just such an image of devastation and death and, and, and a culmination of the way that this world operates. And then we turn to the next chapter in 14 and we just see this and he says, look there before me was the lamb and the 144,000 and the 144,000 and those who had his father's name written on their forehead. Right? It's a a stark contrast It says those who had the beast's mark, they participated in commerce, and there was death and destruction all around it. It says, but the lamb, there's also the mark of the father. They have the father's name written on their foreheads. The mark of the beast, the mark of the father. These two things are juxtaposed right next to each other. And the contrast is so great. It says, listen, on this side, you have this way of death and destruction, and it's the way of the world and its systems, its governments, its, its uh, founding documents, its, its operating laws and rules that are meant to create order, but what comes out of them are disorder and brokenness. And then there's the kingdom of God. And there's the lamb standing on Mount Zion, triumphant, the real lamb, not the deceptive lamb with two horns, but speaks like a dragon, but the real lamb of God. And with him are those who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I love this. I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of rushing waters and a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing harps. Right? It's this beautiful image of such a thunderous sound, magnificent sound, but it's, it's pleasant and it's, it's peaceful. And is creating this sense of harmony. And a new song rises up before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn it except for the 144,000 who have been redeemed from the earth. He says, listen, these are those people who, they weren't defiling themselves. They, they, they weren't, uh, they, they had set themselves apart for, for Jesus alone, that, that they belonged to Him. They weren't compromising and, and saying, well, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. No, they were devoted to Jesus. And, and so it's the whole tribe. It's everybody together who's worshiping the Lamb, devoted completely to Him. And the worship is poured out uh, to Him. They follow the lamb, the lamb wherever He goes. They were purchased from among mankind and offered as firstfruits to God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, what a statement that is. Here on the, on the one side, you have the dragon lies and blasphemes against God, against his people. And then over here, you have no lie, not a single lie in their mouths. They just speak truth. They're blameless and they speak worship to Jesus. And I just want you to see the contrast of these two kingdoms as John is having the vision as the world unfolds and it, it just gallops towards the end to the to the final hours and minutes, and then you see the thrones that are resurrected, the thrones of the beasts and the dragon who is pushing them forward and and giving them power and destruction and everything that comes from them, and the world systems and all of its governments and. And powers and the way that it operates and the rich and the poor and everybody who is forced to worship, except for those who say Jesus is Lord, they're, they're set apart from within there. And some of them are murdered and, and slain and martyred and says calls for great patience because these times are hard. But then John looks and he sees another picture, and it's like the culmination when Jesus is standing on Zion and there's worship being poured out to him. Listen, followers of Jesus have the mark on their foreheads. It's the counter to the mark of the beast. It's the one that says, you belong. You belong to a different kingdom. You belong to a different nation. You belong to a different God. (laughs) You are a chosen people called out from all of this stuff. and we say called out, it doesn't mean that we don't pray for and we don't participate. Quite the contrary, it means we are life-giving ambassadors of the kingdom of God in this place. What it means is we don't add to the chaos with our mouths. We don't add to the chaos with our rights and our demanding spirit. Instead, we say we follow the Lamb and we worship the Lamb and we bring His kingdom wherever we go. No lie is found in our mouths, but we're blameless before the throne because of the work of Jesus. We're not threatened with death, but instead we turn our eyes towards Jesus where we're promised life because we worship Him. What a contrast in worship, isn't it? And so I want to encourage you today as we wrap up from this uh, section of Scripture that we've just read, I want to encourage you for one, take heart. You know, the, the fear about I'm going to take the is the mark of the beast, is it coming this way? If I get the vaccine, am I going to get the mark? Nonsense. That's all nonsense. Listen, you're not going to get duped into following the dragon. People willfully follow the dragon because they choose comfort over crucifixion. They choose comfort and themselves over Christ. Listen, if somebody came to you and said, Listen, you can have all of these things, but renounce your faith in Christ. That's the Antichrist. <laughs> you're going to know the difference if you're a follower of Jesus. The challenge is will you choose comfort over Christ? Will you choose your own life over eternal life with Jesus? Will you surrender it and say, you know, it's too hard, it's too hard to live this life in swimming upstream or countercultural? And so I'm just going to give in a little bit. I'm going to hold on to my reputation so I can look good in front of others. And in doing so, I'm going to renounce my faith or I'm going to give just a little bit. Listen, that's, that's the challenge. That's the spirit of the Antichrist is when you and I take a position where we're going to diminish our life in Jesus so we can be acceptable to the world. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. When we don't have prophetic voice and speak out against the things in our culture that are wrong, and instead we just go with the mainstream of culture because it allows us to not stand out, and it allows us comfort versus following Jesus, which causes us to be unique and different people. The spirit of the Antichrist just says, I want to hide away and not be seen as different. The spirit of Christ says, listen, I want to be counted with him. I want to be found worthy to be his disciples. So those are your contrasts. You're you're not going to be duped into following the Antichrist. People will willfully follow the dragon. Instead, you have an opportunity to follow Jesus and make a choice for him every day of your life. And it begins today. When you make that choice today, it reaffirms that that choice is happening tomorrow and again the day after that because you have a gospel message and that's the voice that you're bringing to the world around you. Can I encourage you to bring that voice? Listen, people don't need to know your opinion about masks. It's not going to matter. It just won't. People don't need to know your opinions about COVID. It's just not going to matter. It just won't. They don't need to know your opinion about border control. It just don't won't matter to the world around you. What makes an eternal difference is you have a voice that talks about the Lamb of God? Do you have a voice that talks about the freedom that comes through knowing God and His Word? Do you have a voice that points people to an eternity apart from kingdoms of this world and nations and constitutions and politics, and that points them to an eternal Christ with an eternal hope and an eternal life-giving worship that is before His throne? Can I encourage you, follower of Jesus, let that be your message. That other stuff, nothing. It's nothing. It's noise. And it counts for nothing. But Christ counts for everything. Will you be counted with him? Will your voice be counted among those voices in which there is no lie, no blaspheme, and that is blameless? I encourage you to do it. Speak and live for Jesus. Well, I want to give you just a moment to get items for communion, and then we'll receive that together. We have the bread and the cup and we're reminded, Jesus said, every time you receive this, remember me. And it's the sacrifice that he made. He is the risen lamb. He is the one who laid down his life. And we just saw in in Revelation 14 He says, then I looked and there before me was the lamb standing on Mount Zion. So in his triumphal glory and just there, uh, the lamb of God. And so he is the one we worship. So we remember him. Uh, We remember that we're part of his kingdom and his world and what he's accomplishing. And so let's partake of his life now. Lord, thank you for the bread. And we remember you, the lamb who was slain, to give us redemption, to cause us to be blameless. In ourselves, Lord, we, we are full, we are blameworthy. Uh, Lord, there's all kinds of things that you could hold accusation against us. But we're so thankful, Jesus, that you went to the cross for us, that you made a way to, to give us life, eternal life, blameless life, uh, eternal life with you and the Father. Thank you that you place your name upon us and that um, that's our identity and who we are in you. And so as we receive the bread, we remember and we appropriate it. We, we don't lessen it by, by merging it with cultural Christianity, constitutional Christianity. Lord, it is Jesus and Jesus alone. We hold the bread and, and we stand for the kingdom of God alone. That's where our faithfulness lies. Uh, there's, you are matchless in all of your ways. So we thank you for your body given for us, and we receive it now in Jesus' name. Receive the bread. With a cup, Lord, we remember a new covenant, uh, a a redemption that comes to us because of what you've accomplished. We love you, Lord, and we're so thankful that you purchased us with your blood. It cost you everything, and Lord, in purchasing us, you give us eternal life. Lord, it's such a win-win-win for us in so many ways that we are set free by the life of sin and and just blasphemy where, where we speak lies all the time, where we lived without you, where we were condemned. And now we live as free people, truly free, uh, because of what you've purchased for us, what you've accomplished. There's no people freer on the earth, all over the earth, than those who call you Lord and King, who have received your life in exchange for our own. So we thank you for the blood of Christ. We thank you that you sacrifice for us and we receive it joyfully and with gratitude. Amen. Receive the cup. I just pray God's blessing over you as you go forward with the good news of Jesus Christ, bringing his kingdom everywhere you go. You have a gospel message. Uh, you, You have worship to offer to the Lamb, the true Lamb of God, in the contrast to a world that is worshiping beastly things in the chaos of this world. Live as that contrast. Live in light of a life of worship devoted to Jesus Christ. God bless you as you do it. You can find more resources for this service at nhgj.org. Email us your prayer requests to prayer at nh4gj.org. If you are a new follower of Jesus, we have a free resource for you called Following Jesus. To receive a copy, send a request to info at nh4gj.org. If you would like to partner with our ministry through giving, you can do that online at nhgj.org giving or by mail to 641 Horizon Drive, Grand Junction, Colorado, 81506. Thank you for being with us and may the Lord bless you.